Shazam! Fury of the Gods disappoints at the box office, Gladiator 2 gets two huge new castings, and what is Ben Affleck's future in the DCU? Hello movie friends, welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. It's a lot of movie news to cover this week. But also, big news, happy oh, yeah. birthday, Anthony. Happy birthday, James. Yeah, it's our birthday it's today. It's our birthday. We're turning 33. I thought it was 23. The number of Larry Legend baby, Larry Bird, 33. Uh, also, I apologize for, I have a, Anthony gave me his cold. So maybe this is a sign we should stop using the bunk beds to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> At least different toothbrushes from now on. <laughs> so bear with me with my nasally. What's, what's great is you were making fun of me for three days for being sick. I told you I, the first day I told you I was sick. I was like, man, I feel I feel like crap today. My I couldn't breathe through my nose last night. You were like, oh, poor Anthony couldn't breathe through his nose. <laughs> now you can't breathe through your nose, motherfucker. Sleeping has been rough, yeah. but we're gonna get through it. I'm good. I'm I'm through it. Anthony's through. I'll, I, we'll get through these episodes I also, today. out of the kindness of my heart, gave you my uh, meds, so you're welcome. Thank you so much. I'm medicated, caffeinated, and have electrolytes. Let's get into the box office. Biggest story of the week, Shazam! Fury of the Gods at a budget of what they say is $125 million, only is going to pull in $30 million domestically, which is about 40% less than Shazam! When it first came out, the original at its domestic box office, which was $55 million. So this movie's going to take a huge hit it seems like for dc obviously it's been tracking low for a while the last couple weeks that's why they had the teaser reveal of the huge cameo in the movie before the film came out they released the character that's in the film we won't spoil it but i'm sure you all know which is i mean it's on youtube i went on youtube yesterday it was was the character they put on tv it's the same thing that they did with black adam to try to get that movie some weekend seats sold but it I mean, they're going to get what they they can. They didn't sell. They're going to get what they can out of this movie, it looks like. Yeah, I just think fans aren't interested in Shazam for the most part. And I felt that the marketing and trailers have been just weak sauce, applesauce, bro. When I saw any of the trailers, I was like, I really don't care about this movie. And it just doesn't seem that interesting of a comic book film. And it looks like going forward, maybe Shazam doesn't have a bright future in the DCU for the rest for the next decade or so. We'll see. I highly doubt that this character or the other characters in this franchise are going to be used very much going forward. I just personally have never I, I like the first one. It was pretty good. It was funny. Uh, but I wasn't like clamoring to see the second one. And then when it premiered the trailer, I was like, that's it. Come on. Scream six came in second place and pulled in $18 million domestic. That's up to $83 million global for Scream 6, which obviously means they're definitely going to make a Scream 7 probably next year. It'll probably be like on a boat or something because they're like, they're going to make another Scream that's different than the previous Scream. This that's time, pretty close to the Scream voice. This time we're in Canada. We're in Canada. Oh, you thought you could get away with it. Do you Scream, Australia. Do you feel, <laughs> do you feel like an animal? <laughs> we saw it recently. Um, Creed 3 pulled in another 15 point Eight million, putting it over two hundred million dollars globally. What a successful film on a budget of seventy-five million dollars. That is a huge payday. Congrats to the entire team. Michael B. Jordan, his directorial debut, making two hundred mil. That's awesome. Very good. It's the third weekend pulling in fifteen that's million. Crazy. So that's very good. Especially we have Shazam coming out in Scream. That's, true, so yeah, that's really yeah. impressive. Also, sixty-five came in fourth place in its second weekend with a five point five million opening second weekend. It has at 25 million total. It looks like it might approach its budget 
doesn't look like it'll break even though, but it honestly is making more money than I expected it to. For it, real. Well, after seeing it, yeah. I thought it would make more. Its budget was $45 million, so we'll see if it can make that back. But, I mean, it, if it doesn't pull 65, it's going to be a loss for the studio for yeah. Sony. But I was expecting very low numbers for the movie in total. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania came in fifth place at $4 million. Its box office total is up to $450 million global. This is looking like it won't pull $500 million globally. It's teetering off the edge, especially with John Wick and Dungeons coming out in the next See two weeks. See you later. It's got so much stiff competition already right now, so I think that Ant-Man has probably two more weeks of even playing anywhere. Speaking of Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, we had an incredible time at an early screening the other day, and thanks to Paramount, we were able to interview two stars from the film. We'll be doing and showing that interview in a podcast episode this week, either Monday or Tuesday. It depends on when we get the footage from Paramount. But look forward to that because we had a really good time at this movie. We knew nothing about D&D. The trailers, like we've, we've been talking about, we weren't completely sold on. The last trailer I really liked, and I liked the clip with the zombies or the dead people in the graves talking, the movie was terrific. I had a really great time. And for the fantasy genre, it's one of the best we've had in years. It was so much better than I was expecting Me too, it to be. yeah. I was shocked. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I like the directors a lot. I like Game Night so much. So I was looking, I was really, my hype grew up, grew every day for this. And then talking to some of the cast members was so fun. Yeah. And we we're just very fortunate. Thanks to Paramount. We'll be doing a giveaway with Paramount for this movie at the end of the month. It's going to be a sick ass package. So you don't want to miss that. The movie comes out March 31st. So the pack, the giveaway will probably be doing around that time. When I told you the director made game night, you were like, game night. We were like walking into the theater. I'm like, like let's go. <laughs> Shit. That's all you had to say. How does Frito-Lay make a profit? <laughs> three for one <laughs> I awesome. love that movie man I should just do a, I should just do a James review of Game Night yeah. I'll talk about it for hours it's great uh, next up John Wick is coming out this week we're going to be seeing it at IMAX headquarters on Wednesday with the director and star Keanu Reeves doing a Q&A after we're very excited can't wait to see it on that big IMAX screen we already know to recommend it IMAX because it's the best, biggest screen possible. But we're definitely going to be there and have a review ready for you ASAP for John Wick 4. I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Right? It's not going to be a headquarters. It's going to be at another AMC. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I won't sorry. say yeah. which one. I don't want someone to blow up and try to call ahead for tickets like happened another time. <laughs> but we'll be doing the movie. I can't I, wait to see him in person, man. Yeah, Keanu Finally. and Chad Stahelski Q&A after, after the film is going to be so fun. Golden golden unicorn Keanu Reeves in person. I mean, because we saw Christian Bale in person at that Q&A. That was and that, we're about to see. Oh I saw God. Darren Aronofsky last week. I went and saw Pi with a Q&A with him and Clint and Manziel Libatique too, and Matthew yeah. Libatique his cinematography which was a really cool experience as well and then Keanu I think Keanu will be my favorite person to see in, in, in real life maybe like it's him, it's him and Christian Christian blew my mind Christian was like a golden god in yeah. real life he was like glowing his hair looked amazing there was an aura <laughs> He had the perfect tan, perfect hair. <laughs> just so cool. He's just wearing blue jeans and a shirt. I was like, he, was, he, he just looked like a guy. I loved just it. a guy. Yeah. Just Moving a, on. Just a guy who was Christian Bale. <laughs> to some of the coolest news of the week. Obviously, we all know Gladiator 2 is being made. Paul Mescal was cast. Pa Paul Mescal, sorry. Yeah, don't say it like Mez Mezcal. Paul Mescal, Mescal was cast as the lead for the film a couple weeks ago. But now we have two new huge castings. Barry Keoghan has been cast as the antagonist for this film and Denzel Washington is in talks to also join the film which is super exciting so this film is set years after the events of the film it'll follow uh, Meskel who plays a grown version of the character Lucius from the first film the young boy 
as brought to life by Spencer Trent Clark in the original. Kyogen is in line to be the primary antagonist. Roman Emperor Geta. It's going to be a fictional take on the real-life ruler just like Commodus with Joaquin Phoenix in the first film. I'm so excited. And then to have Denzel... Oh my god, when I heard the Denzel news, I was like, now I really gotta see this movie. Because I was sold on it like a month ago. I After, wasn't. I was like, F- whatever. Like, yeah. I love Gladiator so much, they're gonna do a sequel, it's inevitable, why not? Let, let's sign me up. At first, when we first heard this news, I remember like six months ago, I was like, oh, I'm not super excited about this because this is a top mm. ten favorite of mine movie. But now I'm getting more and more interested, and now I am just hyped as hell. And remember, Denzel actually worked with Ridley Scott's brother, Tony Scott, on, I think, six or seven movies. I think it's five. They made a lot of movies together, and they had a really fruitful relationship and collaboration in the 2000s and 2010s. And some of Tony Scott's best movies were Denzel movies. So it's really great to have Denzel sticking with the Scott family by working with Ridley Scott, because they actually haven't worked together yet. But Uh, They have. It's called American Gangster. Oh, my God. You're right. I'm so Wow, Anthony. Um, Do you host a movie podcast? Oh my god! So Ridley Scott directed this movie called American Gangster that stars <laughs> Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington. Oh my god, I love that movie Goodness too. Goodness gracious, you do? I, I know. Oh my god! While you're saying that whole thing, I'm like, is he gonna bring up Ridley and Denzel working together oh in the past? Man. I'm so <laughs> dumb. Oh my god! It's okay, man. We all have flubs. <laughs> I love that movie though. No, everyone has a I really a love that movie. It's a bad flub, but that's we all a, have flubs. It's a good movie. 5%? All right. Here's your 5%. <laughs> Paps Idris right in the face. Oh my God. That's a really underrated crime movie. If you haven't seen American Gangster, check it out. It's fantastic. But it's going to be the first time they're working together since, since then. then. Yeah. I um, believe. <laughs> did, you, did you see the interview someone asked him about Chris Nolan? Who, Denzel? Yeah. Where he's like, I, I gotta do whatever I can to get one of his movies, he right? Sa- he said, uh, would you ever, this uh, journalist asked, would you ever want to work with Chris Nolan? He just goes, he leans to camera, he goes, Chris, call me. Call me, Chris, call me. <laughs> How come my son gets to be in your movie and not me? I would have been a great protagonist. <laughs> I'm the original protagonist. <laughs> he's like, he was like, call me, Chris. Dude, he could make a Tenet yeah. sequel if you wanted with Denzel as It would work. It would work. They could both be in it. Like, why not? They sound the same. Yeah, but I don't ever want Chris Nolan to make sequels to his movies outside of that superhero genre. Same. I think the standalones are they're just fantastic, and the way he, he ends them are, are just so great. But Denzel's one of our favorite actors. He really is the generational talent, an all-timer, and to have him in ancient Rome, oh my God, just take my money. Just take my it's money. It's going to be awesome. Come on. This is, I'm so Get excited out of about town, this. man. But I'm just worried that they're going to overthink the script because the, so part of the magic with Gladiator is they went in with a 20-page script and kind of just went day by day, week by week, figuring the movie out on set at night, writing dialogue for the next day. I'm worried that they're going to overthink the script and maybe not capture this. Obviously, it would be impossible to capture that magic, but I yeah. just want them to kind of... I wish they would just like embrace what happened with the first film, but yeah. obviously, they're not going to do that. So, I already... So, my expectations are going to be checked because Gladiator is an all-time favorite movie of mine, and I do think that it is lightning striking because there have been a lot of swords and sandals epics that have been tried to be made, that have been made over the past 20 years because Gladiator was such a success Nothing has even come close to it, except for Kingdom of Heaven, with which Ridley also made, but it didn't have the same story. That that movie's a little too slow for me, too. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's it is the director's cut's great, but it is four hours. It, even that isn't. It's still. I think Gladiator's such a special movie. It like shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> it really, but so I, I have my expectations that I'm really looking forward to it, but I'm not going to be like 
is this good? This is gonna be as good as Gladiator. I don't think that it it can be topped. In ter- the Gladiator, Spartacus, Ben Hur. It's hard to even come close to any of them. It's it's a miracle that Gladiator Gladiator even worked. So I just I'm keeping my expectations checked. But now with this cast, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Next up, we have some f- news about the Flash. We all know it's coming out this year. And Tom Cruise got a screening with director Andy Muschietti. Tom Cruise is the new Flash. <laughs> and so basically what Tom Cruise said was that it's terrific and it's the movie we need right now. And whatever Tom Cruise says goes, I am even more hyped for this movie now. Well, I, and James Gunn said a few like a month ago that it was a really special movie. So I do. Yeah, think, but he took over DCU. Yeah. So I mean, he's got to say that. I know, but he, well, he didn't say that about. And Tom's uh, not. He didn't say that about Shazam. And t- but Tom's not a Warner Brothers guy. He's a Paramount guy. No, yeah, I understand. No, absolutely, I know what you mean. But he didn't. He, well, he didn't say anything special about Shazam: Fury of the Gods. He was like, he was Who, like Tom. No, oh, Gunn. James Gunn. He was like, Shazam is a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I'm sure it but is. But then he said, but then he said, The Flash is a really incredible, one of the best comic book movies ever made. Is what James Gunn said. We're, we're, so, I'm, I mean, Andy Muschietti knows what he's doing. He's a great director. And what he did with it was so special. I'm yeah. pretty exci- excited about this movie now. So, uh, yeah, I've been excited for it since he signed on board. You've convinced me over the last several yeah. months. I mean, what he did with it was fantastic, man. The and then first the one. new trailer was awesome. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. So I, I've had high hopes for The Flash. And I really do think that Warner Brothers feels confident they have a diamond on their hands finally. A diamond. <laughs> a diamond in the rough. Ben Affleck, though, what's his future going to be with what's DC? What's his deal? He's, <laughs> is he working at Dunkin's now? Like, what's up? Is he, like, there full time? Does he, like, work there on the weekends? What store do I go to to get a nice coffee with four sugars and milk? Like, where do I go? Where do I go, what's Ben? What's the deal, Ben? What's Ben Affleck's future with DC, the DCU? We know he's in The Flash. He did an interview this week. I can't remember which magazine it was. They were talking about The Flash and the DCU going forward. And obviously, we all know he had those meetings with Saffron and Gunn about possibly directing a Batman movie, which he turned down. He does not want to direct a Batman movie for the DCU. And in the interview, he said that he's in The Flash for like five minutes or so. That's about it. I so fucking called it, man. It's probably the opening. I called it a, I called it a year ago. I bet it's just like an opening action yeah. sequence that he's, the, he's in. And then that's pretty much he's going to be done. But he also talked about, which we've discussed plenty of times, the horrific experience he had on reshooting the Justice League for Joss Whedon. Oh, he, he divulged more about like that. Warren what did he, do you remember? He said it was he just said? like the lowest point of his life. And like he was. Well, he, he was still drinking then, too. Yeah. And he yeah. Like, like led to marital troubles as well. He had marital problems before, but also mm-hmm. drinking problems. He was not seeing his kids ever because he had so much work to do because he had already had stuff working that he was doing, but then he had to go back and do all these reshoots for months. Well, he filmed two movies in one is, is what that Basically, cast did. They yeah. had to film the movie twice, essentially. But I mean, he he filmed it, then he had obligations for other projects, mm-hmm. whether it's screenwriting or producing or, yeah. or acting, and he's doing that all at the same time again. Already signed on to those other projects, expecting that his schedule would be cleared and same thing, I'm sure the same thing happened with the rest of the cast, that they were like, all right, here's eight months to shoot Justice League. Oh, wait, this is running over another seven months, and it's digging into my schedule of things I already signed on for for post-Justice League, so I can only imagine. Especially Ben, because he's a writer, director, producer, actor. Just because you're acting, that that's obviously takes up a lot of your schedule, but if you're a director, producer, writer, just because your movie's not in production or not being directed at, at the moment, you're still putting in hours every day for months and months, maybe years, before you even start the film. Yeah, so I can only imagine how difficult it was for those lead actors for, uh, what, probably two years of their lives. But he also said that 
his performance in The Flash is his favorite version of his performance as Batman Bruce Wayne. Well, well, it better be cool. He said, I, he said it's the best he's ever done as a character. It's going to be tough to top that warehouse scene, man. Yeah, you, you have that on loop in your bedroom. Bro, <laughs> I put that on the ceiling with a projector. It's awesome. <laughs> and then it's a loop of Cavill shirtless in Man of Steel. Not only shirtless. <laughs> he's got a shirt on a couple of times. We have some Cavill news we'll get to later on, though. Let's get to it right now, man. No, Why not? well, we should stay with DC when we're on. Okay, okay. We have another bit of DCU new DCU news. James Gunn has officially announced that he's going to direct Superman Legacy. This has obviously been talked about for the last couple of weeks since he and Saffron took over, but now it's official. He is writing and directing Superman Legacy, which they say is going to be the ultimate reset button and basically the foundation of the DCU going forward after the Flash. It seems like you compare it to the pilot episode of a tv series where the director sets the tone for the entire series and other directors will manage to create a similar tone and style visually for the rest of all the episodes whereas like generally the person who creates the show doesn't keep directing episodes they hire out so it seems like gun's doing the same thing where this is the first big one he's going to set the tone and set the stage going forward and then the other directors will kind of follow suit, I think. Kind of like what Iron Man did. Yeah. Basically, and then kind of Thor Ragnarok in the MCU. Actually, one more bit of DC, DCEU news, and then we'll get into... So not DCU, D- DCEU. DCEU news, and then this can go into Henry Cavill. DCEU news. So Zack Snyder tweeted a very cryptic message video, so he teased something DC-related. Something DC this way comes. In this cryptic video on Twitter... With just the hashtag saying full circle, and then it's a video kind of like weird technology graphics. Like the Man of of Steel. With the static sound from the, yeah, kind of like those, with the static sound from the the Man of Steel. You are not alone. Kind of like that, but it's the voiced voiceover of the villain Darkseid from Justice League. And then he says, April 28th, 29th, and 30th, save the date. I'm signing posters at Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. What the fuck does that mean? Also, three dates. It must be... Um, Full circle, three dates. What are they doing? What's he up to? Hmm, interesting. They might be either releasing things or doing events for three days. Is there... I wonder if there's like a... That must be a weekend. Is, it, is there like some kind of con going on that weekend? I wonder. Like a Comic Con or like a con, like a, like a bunch of con Shut people up. like on a job. <laughs> Get out of here, man. A con con, like a Comic Con or So uh, that is a, a weekend. Con. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. It must be there must be something going on that weekend. Oh, I think people would know. Because I've been looking on the internet and no one really knows what it means. Nobody knows anything. So it's cryptic. DCU, DCEU related because it's dark side. Curious, but that you know transitions into some Henry Cavill news that we have, where he shared a photo on Instagram behind the scenes of the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, showcasing Henry back in time. And now this movie, <laughs> directed by Guy Ritchie, looks terrific just based off this image. It's being billed as a true story about a secret World War II combat organization founded by Winston Churchill and author Ian Fleming, obviously James Bond whose combat organization uses uses ungentlemanly warfare against the Nazis and changed the course of the war, giving birth to modern black operations. Sign me up. How cool does that fucking sound? It sounds fantastic. Also, Cavill 
made Argyle right before this with Guy Ritchie. So this is back-to-back movies they've done together. Uh, Dua Lipa is going to be co-starring in that film. So we're going to get back-to-back Cavill-Ritchie collaborations. And they most famously so far have made Man from Uncle. I'm sure they love working together. This is awesome because I think Henry Cavill obviously being a superhero and everything is cool. But I think him holding a, a gun looks awesome on camera. Or like an assault rifle because yeah. uh, at the end, the third act of A Man from Uncle, him doing the tactical mission, storming that island. I thought that was a really cool sequence. He just looks good in Black Ops. <laughs> what I'm just saying. Some actors look good with a gun in their hands. Just saying. Daniel Craig, it works. Looks good with a gun in his hands. <laughs> There's the gun test. I'm just... <laughs> you think he looks good in anything, man. I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter what he's holding. Just saying, I'm sold. Henry Gavel, Black Ops. He looks good. He looks good doing laundry. Chris <laughs> Ironing shirts. Does it, I'm, th- I'm just saying, it doesn't matter the movie. You're going to say he looks good doing it. Chris Pratt looks great in tactical situations. I mean, he's just yeah. got that fit. Like, some actors have it, some actors don't. Yeah, oh, yeah, I totally agree. You know what I mean? Because um, Cavill did do that. What movie am I thinking of where he did some... What am I thinking of? I can't... Off the top of my head, I I just... Something. Something, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Someone help me, Anthony. (laughs) No, he played a soldier in something. He played a soldier. Um, Let's see. What what do you play of soldier? Did he have a beard in it? Yeah, he played... Sounds... What was Cavill in where he had... With, um... There's another actor... What, What... it had another actor in it? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Sandcastle. Sandcastle with Nicholas Holt. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Sandcastle. It fits, but like Nicholas... Oh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, okay, that yeah. too. But then Nicholas Holt with an assault rifle doesn't fit. Not quite right. No, it doesn't fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Because <laughs> you can't help but gush over Cavill. Why it's so not? Cute. It's so cute. All right, let's, let's get out of the DC and Henry We got Cavill some Tarantino wars. news. We do. So there's obviously a, a ton of press going around the media about Tarantino's 10th film, which is rumored to be going into production within a year. And the rumor is that the film is called The Movie Critic, but there's just a bunch of mixed reporting go around. So the first report, and we posted this too, is that the final film would be called The Movie Critic and could possibly be based on legendary critic, essayist, and novelist Pauline Kael. Someone whom Tarantino has a deep respect for as the inspiration for the film. There's not a quote from Tarantino authenticating anything, but on the Ringer podcast, Sean Fennessy continued the denials that Tarantino's next film is what had been reported in the press. Fennessy knows Tarantino, is friendly with him, so we can assume that his intel on the film is accurate, which is, quote, there, is, uh, there was a news report in The Hollywood Reporter that Tarantino's 10th and final film which I guess is being called the movie critic, is forthcoming in that there is a script. All I can say about that is that I know some stuff about it and I'm not allowed to say anything. Based on what I know, I don't think that all the reporting is very accurate. That's what I'll say. It sounds like a very important project and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more in the future. So I think ultimately nobody really knows. Yeah, it's just hit the press. We obviously posted about it, like Anthony said. I mean, if every outlet says it, I think we just post it. But every every outlet, every news media platform posted about this, the movie critics, his next film. But again, it's not 100% confirmed at all. It's kind of just speculation at this point. Maybe he floored this rumor about it had to have come from somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe Tarantino's just getting... It's like Mark, It could just be marketing, getting excited for his next film. You yeah, know, yeah. This is how far back PR agencies think oh, yeah. for promoting a project before it even goes into production. Oh, yeah. Let's get some rumors out there. The same thing, MCU's brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. Moving on to... But I will say, okay. he is planning to film a miniseries next year. Yeah. So that's for sure happening. 
So we'll see. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he's doing the miniseries in the film at the same time yeah, in the same, same year. Same. Because I mean, his editing process is actually very intense. He works very um, closely with his editors um, intensely for a very long time to get it right. So his po- post-production is pretty intense and, and t- painstakingly long. We got a really cool sequel announcement this week as well. Y'all, I'm sure a lot of you grew up watching Nickelodeon just like we did. So many great live action shows, all of that. <coughs> as well as Keenan and Kel, but then also Good Burger, that Nickelodeon film was iconic. Welcome to Good Burger, home, home of, of the Good, Good Burger, Burger. Can I, I take you home? Keenan and Kel, just a legendary comedic duo from the 90s. On Nickelodeon. Who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Love those guys so much. They are going to get a sequel to Good Burger. Good Burger 2 is getting a fast track production from Paramount and Nickelodeon. It's going to be coming out next year, 2024. On Paramount Plus, so not a theatrical release. Streaming only. Next up, Fly- Mike Flanagan's The Dark Tower is underway in pre-production. He wants to bring in characters from Doctor Sleep, King's Other Universe, and connect them. And potentially, the room in the story for Danny Torrance and maybe Dick Halloran. So he would like to blend those stories together. It sounds like an intriguing concept. He did a great job with Doctor Sleep. I I wonder what Stephen King would think about them being in the same story. Well, he explained in this interview how connected... The King universe is the King with a lot yeah. of the stories, specifically the Shining Doctor Sleep and the Doc Tower series, which it'd be cool to finally get a faithful adaptation of that book of that character because they the tried, last one sucks. Don't they watch tried it. to do it. It just they didn't pull it off. I mean, McConaughey is the villain. Idris was a great choice as the gunslinger, but that story just did not work. It was not good. And I think you really can do a good job with that story. And Mike Flanagan did such a great job with Doctor Sleep. That's a great book book adaptation, as well as preserving what was done with the sequel and not, you know, stepping on the toes of Stanley Kubrick with what he did, but also respecting what Stephen King wrote and how different those films and, and book were. I did not want to like Doctor Sleep. Me too. I, I didn't want to like it. And I finally, I watched it and I was like, that was good. That I was even good. read the book a couple yeah. of years ago and I'm like, dude, Dr. Sleep, the book's awesome. And then Dr. Sleep, the movie's coming out. I'm like, I'm not watching it. Kubrick's <laughs> version is superior. But I, I enjoy Dr. Sleep a lot. It's a great adaptation. And Mike Flanagan has proved himself for the last five, 10 years to be a great filmmaker, director, and writer. And so he's working on the script right now for the Dark Tower, Dark Tower because I believe he was talking about how there are characters in the Dark Tower that are related to characters in Dr. Sleep, specifically the vampiric beings in that story. So he's going to somehow maybe work in a way to obviously, yeah, get Ewan McGregor back into the yeah, franchise. Yeah, he wants Ewan back. <laughs> It'd be interesting because why not connect that verse? The King verse. I'm sure he's got a good idea. The SKU. Stephen <laughs> King universe. No, SKCU. <laughs> Stephen King cinematic universe. KCU. KCU. King cinematic universe. No, no, you got to get more specific. I guess. I guess. S-K-C-U. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Disney Plus, which has just canceled Willow after a disappointing uh, new season of the adaptation of the film. Or did they? Or so did what's they? happening with Willow? Did you see that headline I wrote, Anthony? I'm looking at it right now. It says, what's happening with Willow? What's hap- what is happening with Willow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so first reports a couple like us, a week ago us. were that the show's canceled. This came out like four days ago. Yeah. Season one, low viewership, and Disney Plus has canceled it. Now, however, showrunner John Kasdan, who is related to Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote some of the old Star Wars films, he showruns the movie, the show Willow, and he said... I believe, sorry, I believe his dad wrote Willow as well. The original? Yeah, I think so. 
Gotcha. I, I forgot Ron Howard made that movie too. Yeah, it was a Lucasfilm production. Yeah. Um, so he came out the other day saying, it's absolutely not the case that future episodes will never be made with plans for a volume two and seemingly more beyond that. A decision was made last week to release our to release our main cast for other series opportunities that may arise for them in the upcoming year. With all the TV and movies in production around the world, it feels unfair to limit an actor's availability without a clear sense of when you're going to need them again. It's further trivialized by the simple reality that the scripts we've been working on require just as many actors with whom no such contractual hold exists. As Kasdan points out, there's an industry-wide slowdown on streaming series production at the moment, and Willow won't be shooting in the next year, but here's what's equally true. With the enthusiastic and unwavering support of Lucasfilm and Disney, we've developed and written what we hope is a brain-melting, fun, richer, darker, and better volume two, which builds on the characters and story of our first eight chapters. But, you brain, know... Brain-melting? To be honest... Brain-melting. It sounds like they canceled the show. <laughs> It sounds, it sounds like, they, like they're trying to spin it positively. It sounds like they can't. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So I we, think. so wait, so we let our actors go because so, of the, <laughs> so they, so they can be in other stuff. So they can do other things. <laughs> Come on, yeah, I get it. It's not like done, but like it sounds like it's cooked. So we're <laughs> not shooting, and we release the actors, but it's not canceled. <laughs> man, these corporations, man, they'll spin anything. <laughs> it's kind of silly. The verbiage around that. Damn, John. It's not canceled. We're just not doing it. <laughs> it's, just, it's, silly. it's silly. We just couldn't get the budget, cameras, funds. Like, yeah, but no, it's not canceled. It's not canceled. Don't say that word. We just couldn't rent studios in time. We're not never going to do something. <laughs> Come on, John. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> Studios gonna studio. <laughs> Speaking of TV PR, series, man, PR yeah. is a, it's a oh man, it's, it's so it's, funny, it's so silly. Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are teaming up in a new TV show. The True Detective duo will play fictionalized versions of themselves as they move their families into McConaughey's Texas ranch. And I'm already looking forward to it. Sign me the hell I up. Can't wait, we're doing True Detective episode season one this week, so it's kind of great timing. Very timely. What a coincidence. Yeah. This sounds hysterical because I love when actors kind of play themselves in fictionalized versions. This is the end is one of my favorite comedies of all time. The movie's hilarious, but to get McConaughey and Woody doing this together as themselves and like we all know about this legendary friendship that has spanned decades and tons of doobies as Anthony says <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it I want to see like because what I love about this is the end is the actors just had so much fun making fun of themselves and playing to the public perceptions of the jokes around them so well and and, and just infusing in that the the, tish, the cliches that people think about them I would love to see them do that for this as well yeah I can't I, I just love them both they're great both on and off camera and this is they've been in a few films and now obviously true detective so they've had a lot of screen time together they just have so much charisma together and chemistry and i i can't wait for this i i'm really looking forward to it this is my favorite announcement of the week <laughs> without a doubt Next up, we got a trailer for the new series from Netflix called Beef. This is going to star Ali Wong and Steven Yen. And the trailer is pretty interesting. There's a couple. They released a clip and then a full season trailer. And it follows two characters who get into a back and forth of road rage against each other anonymously. And then they find each other's information and track each other down. And they go on this never-ending back and forth battle of vengeance and revenge against each other professionally and personally it looks really intense as well as some solid comedy 
And great acting from comedian Ali Wong and then actor Stephen Yen. I think so it might be an A24 production, too, if I remember correctly, if I remember reading about it. The filmmaking it. looks terrific. And it's yeah. so cool to see Ali Wong doing more dramatic acting because she's such a great comedian and she was in some comedic movies recently. But mm-hmm. last year she was in a dramatic film. I can't remember which one, but this one looks awesome and she looks terrific in it. Yeah, and I love Stephen Yen. If you haven't seen, he's in this film called Burning. You got to check it out. Uh, but I, I like his character. He's looking at like his Bitcoin app, and it, it's during the disastrous fall of Bitcoin in, in in um all of crypto. And so I was like, I felt that it's crazy. <laughs> everyone's felt road rage at some point, and everyone's oh, kind yeah. of been in a situation where yeah. maybe someone's followed you after you've cut them off or flipped them off before, or driving up your ass. At yeah, least. it's crazy. Yeah. So it's actually it seems really interesting. It's a solid idea, I think. And it, we actually saw some crazy road rage the other day. Oh my god! Where we were just driving home from the Dungeons and Dragons screening, and like behind us, these two cars come flying like a, like a, a normal looking. I was going seventy five, and they blew past us. And so they, they were going so fast. And they almost crashed into these two cars that were also just going normal speed. Yeah. And then they slammed on their brakes before slamming into the back of those cars because they were clearly looking in their rearview mirror where some others, like there's like a Tesla or something, was bombing up and chasing them. So these two cars, like someone probably got cut off. Fingers someone was off, chasing the other. And then yeah. getting chased. It was yeah. crazy. So this stuff happens all the time. So it was insane. I braced myself for impact and I, I swerved over to the left lane just in case something happened. And this sounds it this seems interesting. Like what happens to people who are pushed over the edge in real life and then they both just snap at one incident that can change the course of their lives forever. Looks good. I like the trailer. I watched it yesterday. Looks and, great. And it looks cool too. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. We got some news for his film. Now this was a fake trailer that aired during the showings for Grindhouse with Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. They're, they're, uh, right, right. For a uh, double feature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For their double feature films that came out. Planet Terror and Death Proof. And so this is like a fake trailer, but now it's turned into a movie and it's going into production right now starring Addison Ray, the TikTok star. Yes. She, is she a dancer or she's a TikTok star? Uh-huh. I think she like just dances too. The name, the name sounds familiar. I can't picture her. She's a TikTok. Star. She's a huge dude. She's very well. Anthony's not great on the TikTok, but um. So Addison Ray, you might be confused as to why she's getting more like all these movie roles for not growing up being an actor or actress. Now she signed a massive multi-million dollar deal with Netflix that rivals many major A-listers overall impact on the streamer so that means that she probably signed a deal for like five movies and they have to put her in movies and so eli roth is putting her in thanksgiving she's got 80 million followers on tiktok so that's probably why um but we'll see we'll see i think uh, she was in a commercial for for like uh apple tv or something yeah she's been in quite a few things I, i think i remember seeing her i just googled her yeah, <laughs> you're such a boomer. <laughs> Who's Addison Ray? Like I know the name, I just don't know anything about her. Does she like? Is she like a T-Mobile person? Like, shut <laughs> <laughs> up. Next up, A24 is theatrically releasing Talking Heads 1984 live concert. Stop making sense, which was directed by the great Jonathan Demme, who made obviously Silence of the Lambs, but he also made uh, a few concert films. This is being one of them. David Byrne, the front man for <laughs> Talking Heads, he wrote the best original song for Everything Everywhere All at Once with Son Lux and Mitski. They all won an Oscar together. Jonathan Demme directed his ass off in that concert. I, I saw it years ago. It's really great. It's a really and they have a really cool promo because in that concert he he's like a he's like a trippy front man. He wore this massive suit. Yeah. And uh it shows Kanye him, copied it. <laughs> it shows him going to like the dry cleaners like twenty years later, forty years later to pick up that massive, huge suit, oversized suit, and um, like a like a business suit. Yeah, and 
he's like, oh, it's been here for a long time. I wonder if this ticket still works. It's really cool. He tries the suit back on because he's like a very eccentric front man and dancer. So it was really cool. And I, I'm looking forward to that. Cause yeah. That was like, they have some great music and some of the best hits from the 80s, man. Uh, 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 um, <laughs> 8.4. <laughs> I can't sing. Everyone's like, what's... <laughs> did, he, did he die? Are you having a heart attack? <laughs> yeah, they just had a stroke. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is obviously 824 is getting out into uh, concert films, which is something that a, a bunch of other small studios have always done. So I'm looking forward to them releasing more things like yeah. this in the future. Expanding their distribution. Because yeah. they also just distributed Pi. Yes. So that's they the bought the rights to yeah, it. Yeah. So it's the 25th year anniversary, which uh, we went and saw in theaters at IMAX, which was awesome. And now they got the rights to it because after 25 years, Aronofsky and the filmmakers signed a 25-year deal where the studio had control of Pi, but now it went to the filmmakers and they're working with A24 to do this distribution with it. Yeah, just I mean, A24 is just obviously turning into the coolest studio right now. Yeah, because a lot of filmmakers, especially if they're independently producing their movies early on, they'll sign a deal for a studio to buy their rights to the movie, but it'll be temporary. It can be like seven years, 20 years. For Pi, it was 25 years. So they got the right, they finally got control back of Pi. Finally. Aronofsky's like, I got it. My baby. <laughs> Very cool. John Mulaney news. This guy has not put out a comedy special in five years, but he's got one coming out on April 25th, 2023 on Netflix called Baby J. Very curious to see what this one's going to be like, given all the controversy in his personal life. What was the controversy again? I Where can't I can't remember. He left his wife and uh, got together with somebody else and they had a baby. Oh, um, yeah, the actress. Well, um, what's her name? Uh, hold on, hold on. John Mulaney. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She's awesome. John Mulaney. Because his wife's name was Anne and then Baby Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Baby mama. Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn. Olivia, Olivia Munn. So I'm curious to see what he's going to tackle on that special. Should be interesting. I love him. He's so funny. And we're going to end the episode on a tragic note. Actor Lance Reddick passed away at the age of 60 the other day. He's known, obviously, for the John Wick franchise, the Olympus Has Fallen franchise, tons of TV work. He's like Fringe, Law & Order. It's always done in Philadelphia. Lost. Great actor. Great voice. Commanding presence on screen. He'll be missed, and just a tragedy dying at 60. So for young. Such a, such so a, young. For such a healthy guy, too. And yeah. It's just unfortunate, you know. Does it say what he died of? I couldn't find no. that out. Yeah, I couldn't I'm find sure it either. usually a few days late on yeah. that stuff. So very sad. He was he was great. definitely like a screen legend. And, I mean, if you if you don't know him by name, you've seen him in a bunch of things. Recognize him yeah, immediately. absolutely. Terrible stuff. So, RIP. But thanks so much for tuning in to Movie News this episode. We have tons of great content coming for you this week. We're going to do our Dungeons & Dragons interview and bonus episode. I mean, not bonus, but it's going to be an interview with cast as well as a spoiler-free review of Dungeons & Dragons. We're also going to do our True Detective Season 1 breakdown analysis. This is about a three-hour-long episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Plenty of time for you to tune into that season on HBO Max to get ready for it as well. Weekly chat on Wednesday for Patreons going up, obviously. We'll do some other stuff, but thanks so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful day, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts, and be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.